Nestor Cortez, Louis Brinson, Rylan Bannon. We're, we are who we are. That we are an audio experience. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your most favorite way to pass an hour on a lovely summer afternoon. It's another radar brought to you by Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. Uh, Brittany Palmer's going to be coming up later in the show. We got another, we got another artist. I uh, I hope everyone enjoys it. I mean, I, I thought we enjoyed the last one we had on, so uh, I don't know. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be interesting. She's got a very cool background, and she's a very talented artist. So, let's go. With me as always, my friend and yours, Good morning, everybody. Your friend and mine, the happy vacationer, Ian Kahn. Yes, that's right. I'm away again. Last minute. Last minute uh, travels to Fire Island for a week. And uh, so if the internet goes out, my apologies. But that's what Fire Island's all about. Must be nice. Yeah, man. We had to do it. I mean, we had some pretty, I had a pretty unhappy uh, better half when we had to cancel our trip to Costa Rica uh, because of the variant. So we went to Cape Cod for a week and now we're in Fire Island for a week and then that'll be it. And then I'm getting to go back home, but I'm working from here. So it's it's not, it's not exactly a full on vacation, but still good. And Fire Island, great place. Great place. Let me tell you something, man. Uh, somewhat related. You say variant. We're watching. We just finished Loki here. Well, how was it? Was it good? Unpopular opinion. It was my third favorite of the three shows that have come out by, okay. by a lot. Oh, okay. And I love the multi. I'm a multiverse kind of guy. Like I've loved the multiverse forever and ever. Not the Marvel multiverse, but the idea of a multiverse. Like I'll eat up anything that's a multiverse. This didn't do it for me. Okay. How was how was WandaVision and how was uh, the other one? The WandaVision was fantastic. It's like one of my favorite shows. Like maybe my top fifteen shows of all time. Nice. I think. Um. And Captain America Winter Soldier was just totally different. Like, it had some of the best action scenes I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Um, I, yeah, it's, I mean, what you expect, I mean, I guess as things get better and better, like, that will happen. Um, had a good story. I know some people didn't like it. I, I liked it as a whole. But, like, Loki as a whole, I didn't like. I'm sorry. But the point of that was I missed Turn. You know what I mean? Like, I miss like, Benedict Arnold. <laughs> it's weird. It was become <laughs> such a piece of our lives over the last nine weeks that, you know, like, I just... That's very sweet. I'll, I'll let Owen know that you that you said that. I, oh, I have something for you. Oh, that's so insane. Um, we'll have to do it after the show. But you have a hard out, so it's gonna be hard. But I have a gift for you. Oh, you I have a little to, gift for you, Nando. You've done enough. You've done enough. All right. I know, but I got a gift. Oh yeah, is it uh, is it Benedict Arnold talking to Ariel Cohen, talking to George Washington? <laughs> they put him on a three way call. No, no, right. no, <laughs> no. But I did play that that Ariel Cohen with George Washington part two to a couple of our friends, and they liked it very much. So it will not be on this week's episode, but we're going to put it on next week's episode, right? Next we are, week we get approval on that. Yeah, next week. Sweet, sweet, sweet. DVR just keeps pushing this off, and so we're gonna get to like <laughs> December. I still think I still think that DVR would have enjoyed it more if he wasn't on video with me watching him. I, I think that that adds a little bit of uh, stress to it. It's an audio experience. You That's know? right. It's yeah. really an audio experience. <laughs> That's what, if this ever becomes a podcast series of its own, it, will never. it really should be colon an audio experience. I don't care what you call it, like. General Washington and Ariel Cohen, an audio well, experience. Well, you know, it is an audio experience. Anything with me is an experience. I am an experience. I'm a full-on experience. Does he get it out of your, <laughs> out of your system? At least for five minutes. All right. <laughs> On I today's do- show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, besides the wonderful Brittany Palmer joining us, we're going to talk a little Hunter Dozier. I want to get into, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of did this without realizing. There are a lot of rookies on here. Good. Um Ian put his stuff down below. We got Connor Joe again, found his way in there, huh? Yeah. He just keeps hitting. So, and he's, and he's available on some wires. So, you know, it, it's worth a worth worth another mention, perhaps. Got some Maki stuff. Got some Lewis Brinson stuff. Uh, DVR sent me a note um, praising Rylan Bannon the other day. Yes. Yesterday might have been. I saw yeah. something on Rylan Bannon yesterday and thought of you. Where it was, it was, did you, is, DVR, is this the same thing where someone posted the uh the the Voigt slash Muncie in the minor leagues right now. Did you see that? I did not see that. I saw a tweet from not Dan Connolly. I think it was Rock Kubatko pointing Mass out and Rock, that right? Mass and Rock. Yes, uh, I believe. Actually, I don't know if this is true. Well, I know Britt's not on the Orioles beat anymore. It's been a while since she was there. For a while, that was like the strongest beat. Like all of those beat writers were power lifters at one point, which was pretty wild. Uh, anyway, Rock pointed out that Ryland Bannon was a player of the week for AAA, 
it's not the international league anymore, right? It's the AAA Eastern League or something. They renamed all the leagues. We should do a game show about that. Someday, oh God, even, I'll lose yes, everyone, but, no, but I'll act that. like I know them. It'll be fun. I did enjoy that. But yes, it was. It was, uh, it was a, just a note about him playing well, and then you pointed out like, he hasn't been good really all year. So I looked at his player page, and it was uh, it was disappointing to say the least. I mean, imagine how I feel with a closet oh. full of his cards. <laughs> oh, it was disappointing because I saw I saw like upside, not downside. Well, yeah, there's his last week. He's been on fire, and he's been hurt, and so he's, you know, now now is the real Ryland Bannon, basically. All right, hey man, Nestor Cortez, Lewis Brinson, Ryland Bannon, we're we are who we are. Uh, that we are an audio experience. That's right. <laughs> there's your opening. There's your opening DVR. It's right. There. Uh, let's talk Hunter Dozier because something like just talking about like legitimately on fire over a long period of time. Is he though? Doing it very he- quietly. Like, no, I'm so? really. This is like this is like mouse quiet because this does not feel like on fire to me. Does it's it hidden in his it, hidden in his two hundred five average? Is like the last two months he's been great, <laughs> dude. He's. I mean, I I literally I was like Hunter Dozier on fire because I own Hunter Dozier was a nice miss for me this season, like a nice place that I went in a number of different places and like, hey, I got a corner infield spot. He's going to cover first. He'll get third base eligibility. He's got outfield. He's a guy I want on multiple teams. He has not helped. So like, I you know, I, I, I and then I went and looked today and it just didn't feel like he had made that next jump. Oh, all right, that's hurtful. But I'm sorry, but am I wrong? I mean, well, no, I mean, like, no, so, I, so I see a guy who's, you know, I, I'm cheesy. I do last seven days when I go look at free agents in a bunch of my leagues, and he was up there, and I'm like, all right, let me dig a little deeper. And I went, you know, last couple months he's been hitting 284. His his BABIP's like 340. His OBP's pretty high. He's uh, he's walking a good amount. Um, you know, when you start doing that, I think the power starts coming. He homered last night. He did. I don't he know, homered it, last night. All it right. Just seems I mean, like you know, he 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 had figured it out, and then I think. Alec Lewis had written, our, our Royalsby writer had written like uh, something about like, you know, COVID really kind of destroyed him last year and he should bounce back this year. And I found that interesting. Maybe that had something to do with it, but it seems I mean, like maybe if it's a strength thing, he's regained his strength in his center. And- maybe. I mean, look, he, he was he was the fifth pick in the draft when he got drafted, I think in 2010, 2011, 12, something like that. No, maybe a little later. So I've always had upside. It could be the ninth pick, actually. Sorry. But he's always oh, had upside. He's always had upside, but it. And and then two years ago he came through. It was a good year for him, and he really had a great season. It looked like he broke out, but I don't know. It, it, it I don't. I just don't know. I just don't know about Hunter Dozier. But I'm happy. I'd be happy if he came through. I really would. I just. Well, I mean, he, I'm just saying he, if, he's, he if he's out there on your waiver wire right now. One, do you one thing. Move? One. Uh, yeah, if he's on the wire and you need somebody to cover those spots, but I just dropped him in a league um, because I made it's a league that I'm competing in with DVR for the championship in Maki. And I'm I'm really tight on roster spots, and and I dropped him. One thing that like I kind of want to acknowledge though, when I get burned by a player, like that kind of sticks in my head. So like when I put out the uh, the dynasty rankings, when we finally put them out this past week, I have Willie Adamas rather low, comparable to what some of the commenters were like. Yo, you're really low, and why are you so low on Willie Adamas? And I think it was just years of me watching him just struggle. That it's hard to get out of my head, which is a blind spot for me, frankly, because I think I have to give Willie Adamas a little bit more respect. And DVR, I want to ask you about that. Like, Willie Adamas, is it is it fully for real? I mean, I have one guy who was saying he should be a top 50 dynasty asset. I was like, that doesn't, no, 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 no. Like, I don't even have him top 100. I, I have him in the, like, mid, like, 170s or something. But somebody said top 50. I was like, no, not top 50, but is it 120 instead of 170 DVR? Is it real? Yeah, it could be. It looks real. I mean, he always made a point to say he didn't like hitting in the trot, and just getting out of that for half of his game certainly brings the floor up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, he's doing all the best things we've seen from him, and then some to this point in his career. I mean, the average at 265 now for the season, I think since he joined the Brewers, it's actually at a career high, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it's like yeah, 297 since being acquired by the Brewers. 297, 378, 551 in his first 74 games in Milwaukee. I think what what pushes people to say that maybe he belongs closer to that top 50 or even in that top 50 is if you just take all the skills from his time with the Brewers and say that's who he is now. In that case, maybe he's a top 50 player, but I think we have enough 
conflicting evidence here to hold off on going that far. I think he's a really good player. I think this is a good trade for for David Stearns and the Brewers. Clearly filled an area of need. And Adames has always been a guy that was at least solid across the board, right? Did everything pretty well, even if he didn't have a standout skill. And now it's looking like power might be a standout skill. He runs a little, and he's probably not going to hurt you in batting average. And because he's a shortstop, he's going to play each and every day. One last thing that I've noticed is that he's hitting the ball on the ground less than ever, which really backs up that increase in homers so far this season. Um, so I'm in on him as a guy who's legitimately like taken a big step forward by getting out of Tampa Bay. And I think the question also is, is there one more level based on age? He turns 26 the first yeah. week of September. So he's been around for a while, but he's a little younger than you might not think. Not top 50, though. DVR, not top no, 50. I, I wouldn't put I him mean, there. He's not running either. I mean, was he got four stolen bases or something? Not much more yeah, than that. Yeah, he's five for nine yeah, this season. Yeah, so he's not going to run. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, it's just a, it, it's a you know a blind spot. You put out those dynasty rankings, and it's always a, a lesson in humility for like two days when people yeah, are like. Yeah, spelling? Yes. Oh, man, Jesus. It's just like. It's crazy. <laughs> and I was like, why is everyone so why is everyone so upset? And then it's like, oh, V lookups, that's why. Oh, okay, I kinda get it then. You know what I mean? <laughs> v lookups, there you go. That's See, why. You, you gotta start using V lookups. You gotta make those work for you. Yeah, I guess. It's just I was like, I need to retire from this job. Like, um, you know, from from doing dinosaur rankings because it's like it, it yeah, after it one year. A, it takes it takes a lot of it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of it takes a lot of effort to uh to do them. So uh, and then you know, but but it's fine. There's, it, it, I I need to do a better job. I'll keep trying to do a better job on the spelling. Everybody. No, you know, I should be doing a better job of checking the spelling. That's right, yeah, on me. You you got a lot on your plate, pal. I I got to do a better. Oh, job. it's my job. It's my job. Yeah, well, I'll. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the the top 400. Somebody went and did a full respelling of like I the 10 that. guys. <laughs> like they're like, I, I think there's like 10 guys who were misspelled. So I just need to change it on my original sheet, and then. You know, I I fixed. There was one I fixed. There were a couple I fixed after the last round. It's just an exercise in continuance. Just keep working. Keep working. Shout out to Ken B. Okay, go Ken B. Anyway, if you're looking for uh, why there are 402 names, it's because Ian left a couple guys out, and instead of just chopping off the last two, I mean, why hurt the feelings of the guys at the bottom? So okay, fair enough. I respect that. Yeah. Good. Right? I like that. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Good why play. not? It doesn't have to be clear. Yeah, Pete Crow Armstrong deserved to be. Yeah. Get a little pub. Diego yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. What, what, now, do we have? Are we? Oh, Nestor Cortez is still on this list. No, we're not talking about it. I, just, I want I just, it. I mean, he was he was so good the other night. It was. So I like to fun. check in. You Dude, know, he's like, so fun to watch pitch. DVR, have you watched any Nestor Cortez? I don't think I've seen him more than once, and it wasn't recently. It was probably just some random outing in the past. There wasn't anything. Even this season, you know what DV what Nando asked me a couple of weeks ago. He's like, "How do you have time to watch all this stuff? Like, how, how are you seeing all this stuff? How do you have the time?" What I do is I go and watch the the recaps of games on the MLB uh, app. So in four minutes, I get to see the pitchers pitch and you know the big plays of the game, and it's super fun, man. Like when we were kids, when I was a kid, it was before the the internet. Um, you know, watching highlights was like my favorite part of my life on ESPN or, you know, watching baseball highlights. So you can watch all the baseball highlights right there on the app. And it it really is awesome and shows you so much. You can see so much. So Nestor Cortez still on fire. I agree with that. He's really good. It's going to be tricky to figure out once Corey Kluber comes back, whether um, whether how they're going to figure out this rotation. I think Andrew Heaney is going to have to come out. But does Nestor Cortez come out? I mean, Jordan Montgomery's going later today. If he blows up, does he not keep the rotation spot? Because Cortez going six innings, like really strong innings. It's really good. It's really, really good. Fun to watch. He is. The mustache. Yeah, the mustache. I don't know. It's uh, a, wanna, it, also, it's Nando's guy, so it's it's fun when it... Well, when no, I don't, want, I don't want it to be that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't no, want no. it to be Nando's <laughs> guy's shows. Nestor Cortez is Nando's guy. I don't Don't's. bring him up to brag. Yep. I actually bring him up to, to see if, uh, like... Am I validated? Basically. You are validated, man. I'm loving me some Nestor Cortez. I'm starting him over guys in all leagues where I'm like, you know what? Just want to trust him. I trust him. You want guys who aren't going to blow up. Like Carlos Hernandez last night, he has two start week this week. I think it's he had the Astros and then he has an easier start. Maybe Seattle later in the week. I'm not sure exactly which. But I knew the Houston start was going to be tough. And I was watching that start last night. I had Montas going and Carlos Hernandez going. And against two really good teams. And I was just like, Hernandez could get blown out. He could get Joe Rost for like nine runs tonight against the Astros. 
and he didn't. And he, he just pitched tough against a really good team. Those Astros are so good. They just take such good at-bats. And he, he got through six innings, gave up four runs, and that's what you want. You want a guy when he doesn't have his absolute premium stuff going for you against a really good team not to get blown out. Keep you in the game. Keep you in you the love, You love I mean, I know you put him down at like number 17, but if you'd like to go a little deeper on him right now, feel free. Mm. Carlos Hernandez, I mean, you have the floor. We've, so. we've, been, we've been Carlos Hernandezing for a couple of weeks now, and I just I just love the kid. I really do. I, I think he's got great stuff. I, I expect a big start from him later in the week. And, uh, you know, DVR, did you did you bid against me for him in Maki? I didn't because I couldn't because I was almost oh, out of money. Right. I had to trade for more fab and you can't like trade for it and then use it the same week. It's like Tout Wars. You got to wait for the thing to go Can around. Can I just say DVR t- totally stole my my idea on that one. He did. Nice. And he's really and I want to recommend this to people. So Alex Cushing. <sighs> Cushing okay. you're, you're this right. week made. <laughs> you okay there, man? I was doing my Darth Vader, even though he, I was doing my Vader, man. It sounded like you had to stop for a second. Get your breath. <laughs> Cushing made a trade this week for Jose Barrio. Okay. And he traded Lourdes Guriel and another really good piece. And I was like, what are you doing, dude? And he was like, take a look at Jose Barrio. He's number 17 on Baseball America, top prospect list. He's going to be for real. So you know what I did? I went out and tried to trade for Jose Barrio in other leagues. Two weeks ago, I made a big trade in the Maki League that DVR and I are in. I traded a third-round pick for 36 fab dollars out of 100, which was a good trade with George Kurtz. And then DVR did the same thing, and he got 30 bucks for f- a fourth-round pick, I think it was. And that's how you got yeah, I didn't even have a third-round pick to trade. Otherwise, I would have just done the same yeah, deal. Yeah, of course. But that's the... that's. I highly recommend that. Like, if you see in one of your, if you play in multiple leagues, if you see a, a guy do something that works, do it somewhere else. Like, try to try to take the good move that your opponent makes and make that move yourself. I was annoyed. I was like, oh, DVR, great. DVR and I are fighting it out with Ryan Eisner and uh, Nick Schl- and Schlein for yep. for the for the title in Maki. And you know, it's like you gotta. You see somebody do it, it works, go do it, right? DVR, would you agree with that? Of course, yeah. And I think the the other thing that I've seen people do, I'm trying to remember where exactly this happened, sometimes you have to make that that first move that doesn't make as much sense before you can make the move that makes a lot of sense. You know, like I think earlier this year in this league, I traded away Francisco Lindor at his lowest possible value and I had to free up cap space to make moves for like pitching help, right? And I couldn't trade Lindor for the pitching help I needed, but I could trade Lindor for a young player and then trade something else to get the pitching help or trade that young player for, for the pitching help I needed. So sometimes it takes those those two moves. That's something that I've tried to, to do a lot more in recent years because in the past it was always like, well, don't make a trade that, that relies on another trade to actually make an impact. It's like, no, I trust your ability to make two deals. You can, you can make it happen, especially when they're not necessarily related like trading away Lindor for some long-term value okay if I don't get the pitching I need maybe I still made a good trade anyway yeah also making trades really helps if you're being smart about it and you're being targeted and, and you're getting to late in the season now we're we're some some leagues are already done with their trade deadlines many leagues though are going to the end of August which I kind of like actually because why not trading is to me one of the most fun parts about the game like keep making moves, man. There's there, especially in dynasty and keeper leagues, there are always teams that want future value for, that will take future value for your present to get to give up present value, which can help you win your league, which is kind of fun, you know. It's kind of fun. So I, I Ari Sunshine, Rabbi Ari Sunshine, is doing a fantastic job in DL one. Um, Rob Mershak and I oh, have 136.5 points out of 150, and Ari is climbing at 129, and he is just making moves every day, it seems. Every day he's making big trades. What's and he doing? If, he, if he's closing on you, what's what's his end game? Like, how is he, and how are he you wants saving to win. this off? He wants to win this Yeah, league. but so you'd want to win too, though, right? Yeah, and it was funny, because Cushing was calling, <laughs> called me yesterday <laughs> trying to get me to take, uh, for Gavin Lux, <laughs> DJ LeMayhew, and Kenley Jansen. And he was like, you got to win. And I was like, I don't really got to win. I don't. I'm fine. 
And he was like, "What? Do you, what? Where's the Ian Con Killer Instinct?" I was like, "It's kind of good for the league because this is the league that either Cushing or I have won every year for the last nine years. So it's, there's something good about um, someone else winning the league to, for the for the health and the strength of the league." And uh, and so, but then he was like, "Yeah, but you're gonna we're tied four to four right now, or so I guess the last eight years we're tied four to four. You're gonna want that win." I was like, "Yeah, you're probably right. I kind of do." But just in the la- the rabbi just in the last week. Okay, hold on. I'll just take me a second to find. Has traded for uh, Zach Wheeler yesterday. Gave up Freddie Peralta and Matt Barnes for Zach Wheeler. Got Matt Barnes the day before that for Randall Gritchick, Colwyn, and Giovanni Gallegos. Traded for Joey Votto for a third round pick. Traded Davey Garcia and Jordan Adams. So what's a third round pick? Like in not just a much. rookie draft or yeah, yeah right. just the rookie draft. It's not it's not a great pick. It was a good it was a good move by him. Are you upset about up. that trade? Um it was there. I, I could have gone after him. Um uh, but that but seems we, like he got the hottest hitter in baseball for nothing. Basically. It seems like he did. That's correct. And he's he's that's what he's doing. He traded uh Brendan Brendan Doyle and Kyron Paris for Charlie Morton. Um Why aren't and you mad this, about this? I, I don't know. But this was the huge one. He traded Trevor Rogers. What does Jeter the rabbi Downs. have on you? Nothing. I'm happy for him. He's look. I think what he would say is that he's been watching for the last number of years and saying this is how Cushing and Khan have been doing it. So let me start doing it, and he's doing it. And it takes takes a certain amount. You gotta you gotta get on the phone and make these calls. You gotta like make the deals. It takes a lot of time, and he he's he's hungry for it. You know, he's like the he's like the hungry guy coming up, and I'm like the well, you know, or like I'm watching Boardwalk Empire right now, which I can't fully recommend. Though there's a lot of good stuff in there. I can't fully recommend it. Michael Stuberg, though, is genius as Arnold Rothstein. Genius as an actor. Genius. You know, it's Wait, like that's the, who that is? Yeah, Arnold Rothstein. Yeah, he was Stuberg. great. Oh, brilliant. That guy. I he was really good. I met him 20 years ago. I saw him do a play, and I went backstage, and I was hanging out with him. I was like, you're really like the best actor. And he's such a sweet guy. And he's like... Thank you. And now, like, just on TV shows and everywhere in movies, he's just a genius, that guy. But, like, here's a huge trade he made for Ozzy Albies. I'm not even sure if I love the trade, but I kind of like it. He got Dallas Keuchel, Lou Trevino, which is a good closer to have, and Ozzy Albies. And he gave up a lot. He gave up Trevor Rogers, Jeter Downs, Carter Keboom, Jonathan VR, and Zach Plezak. Not a bad move, but he got a top 20 Dynasty asset in Albies. Like, yeah, okay, that's, I mean, you can argue the merits of that trade. That's even. But Joey Votto for a third rounder is It's just a good trade. But, you know, he was, Marcus Potter had put it out there and put Votto out on the wire saying, hey, he's not going to help me. Who's he, who, do you want him? I was like, eh, it's an average league. It's not OBP. If it's, you know, I I have him in a, in the Devil's Rejects. He's been phenomenal. But you know what? I mean, that's that's what you do. That's what DVR, you do. Come on, man. DVR, would you have raised hell if you were in first place and that trade went down? Probably not. No, you can't. Raise He's not a, you're not a hell raiser. That's DVR. No. Oh, and then I'm here's not. another one. Here's another trade he made on the same day that he made the Ozzy Albies trade. Holy smoke. He traded Shane McClanahan, Patrick Sandoval, Gabriel Moreno, who Oscar Yinoa, and Tanner Hook. So that's a lot of pitchers. And Moreno, who's a good, really good, and got Jeter Downs, who we then moved. Jonathan Losigia. Lo, is that wrong? Loisiga. Loisiga. Thank you. Yeah. And you guys are right. And he got Kyle Tucker. So he's building. I mean, he's he's just doing it. That's a perfect example of picking guys up on the wire and then moving them for value. Because he picked Hook up on the wire, Enoa on the wire, Moreno on the wire, Sandoval he probably picked up last year. I think he's had McClanahan for a little while. But he ends up with Kyle Tucker. So. Just in the last, just in the last week, he picked up two top twenty dynasty assets. So we're fighting, we are fighting, man. But we still have the lead, and and Mershak is just like, we're gonna win, we're gonna win. I'm like, I'm not so sure, man. I'm not so sure. I don't know, man. Not if not if the rabbi's making these moves right underneath the, you. The rabbi is he's doing it. But there's a piece of me that's like, you know what? Our team is really strong. It's like it's just a really strong team. Like we don't need anything. So we're making moves just to make moves. Like, we could have gotten DJ LeMayhew and Kenley Jansen for Gavin Lux yesterday. Cushing offered that trade to us. But I don't know. I mean, we're taking out Ty France, who's been red hot. We had just traded for Jorge Polanco last week for George Kirby. Um, that was the one trade that we did make because uh, Mondesi's not going to be coming back, it looks like. So, you know, it's like, I mean, we got Kenha on the bench. We've got 
Charlie Blackman on the bench. We've got Jamer Candelario on the bench. As pitchers on the bench, we've got Nestor Cortez. I've got Aaron Nola on the bench and Liam Hendricks on the bench. So, like, what do I need? Like, I'm not going to just make trades just to make trades. You have to, you know, I don't want to give up future value. I don't want to give up Gavin Lux now. Don't sell low, guys. Don't sell low. Boom. That's it. I'm done talking. I like this. I hope people enjoy this. Like, I find this fascinating and helpful. Cool. Well, I mean, it's it's that it's the best part about Dynasty Baseball. And it, we've got another two weeks left, so I'm sure that there will be more moves made. But as I said, right now, we're at 136.5, and he's at 129. So, you know, I, I we still have the lead. He is 136.5. He has 129. And then Rich Wilson at 123. And then 103, 96, 92, you know. But there's, you know, but we've been in first place the whole season. And we've been holding a strong lead. And I, I think if we can get mid-130s, we're going to win. I think. We'll see. We put a little side bet on it, Ari and I. What is it? <laughs> well, it was like last week. I think I was driving home from Cape Cod. And he was like, I'm, I'm going to catch you. And I was like, you really think? Because, you know, he's never caught me. He's never beaten me in this league. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to catch you this year. And I call up and I said, you want to bet? And I said, you sure? And he said, yeah, I'm going to. And he was down like 10 points at the time. So I said, all right, you want to put $200? You know, let's, we said like a dollar. I said, no, it's like, let's bet a couple hundred bucks. And he's like, yeah, but I'm down some. I said, yeah, I'll give you odds. So you give me 160 if we win and we'll give you 200 if you win, which basically it's not that big of a money league, right? So like if I come in second place, I think you get like 350 bucks. So hundred and I'll give 200 of it to Ari if he comes in, in first. Either way, if Rich wins, it, it's between us. And I called up Rob, and Rob was like, take it. We're, we're going to, yes, we're going to win. There's no question we're going to win. So there's a little, a little extra skin in the game. It, it makes it a little bit more fun, I have to say. And then I was watching Garrett Cole because we traded Turkelson and um, Louis Robert for Garrett Cole in May before Spider Tack. Hate that trade right now. But last night, it was a lot of fun to watch because he, he came through in a big way. Speaking of which. Um, I, I think, yeah, Al, so I was talking to Al Melchior over the weekend and he is, uh, he's working on something very cool that has to do with the sticky stuff and spin rates oh. from the hitter, from the hitter side. That's all I can say. Wow. I, you know, we haven't really dug deep into it, but I'll tell you one thing. There's some pitchers that used to be a whole lot better a couple of months ago, a whole lot more consistent, Right. And they're not as but, consistent anymore. But you know what's crazy? Like, we'll never know. Like, this is, I mean, what we don't talk about at all anymore is last year was a 60-game season. And in, you know, April and March, like, oh, man, like, how, like, how is a guy who threw 75 innings last year going to get to 200? There's got to be some kind of fatigue associated with that, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Like, like, we have, no one has talked about that. And that sticky stuff, it came right, right at that point where you're like, some dude should be hitting dead arm right around now. Yeah, and also... Look what happened to Tyler Glass now. This has not been talked about enough. The poor guy, the first start he had without any kind of grip added to it, which, again, like you can't be hard on the pitchers. This was all, you know, sort of people are were making it okay all over the game. The guy gets Tommy John from it. That was, I don't know, I think that was kind of dumb for Major League Baseball to make that shift in the middle of the season like that. That's just my... That's what Joel Pinheiro said in his latest column. Did he say that? Is that what he yeah. said? He said they should not have done that. Yeah, yeah, basically, he's like, uh, they, I wish they would have waited till the end of the season. It's dangerous. Look, one of the top 10 pitchers in baseball is now out for two seasons. Which is it's just unfortunate. Yeah. It is unfortunate. Because Steve, how are you doing, now, man? I feel like you haven't said it. You just said, like, no, when we asked if you were a Hellraiser. How's life? <laughs> Things are great. Yeah, how's, how's, how's California? The leaderboard for, for innings pitched. Oh, okay. California? I mean, Northern California, for me, it's great because it's not, uh, it's not hot. It, it's just like kind of perfect every day. I think every single day at some point when I've been outside with, with Hazel and with Steph, we'll, we'll go for a walk or we'll play fetch or something. And usually it's you know, after dinner time. And I think instinctively I just say, Oh, it's beautiful outside. Like it, it, it's not just like doing it on purpose. No, it just it's is, my right? brain, like appreciating just calm, like 75 degree yes. temperatures <laughs> and like not sweltering heat with humidity like I'm used to. So I'm, I'm very, very grateful for just being, as comfortable as I am this time it's of year. It's going to chill you out, man. California. Yeah, DVR is yeah, pretty man. high strong, yeah. Well, I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't say that, but I, I know. California 
California is is a, was a great place to live. I loved living in California for those three years that we lived there. It was just beautiful. It was just great. It was like you lived outside because the weather is always there's like there's like a month where it's like ninety eight and where it's just too darn hot and you just don't go out as much. But or you have a little pool like we had a, a not in ground pool, but like we bought one of those Intech pools, which was really great. It was like a real swimming pool. So, you know, it was, it was a really, it was a really, it was a really great place to be. I'm happy for you guys. I really am. Thank you. What else would you be? Very happy for him. Reed (laughs) Detmers and Brandon Marsh. Why did you put in Reed Detmers and Brandon Marsh? Because I have feelings about those guys, but why did you put those guys in there? Because I figured you'd have feelings about those guys. I have feelings about those guys. DVR, do you have feelings about those guys? Yeah, I think everybody bailed on Reed Detmers real quick because those first two starts weren't good. Uh, slider grades out well. Curveball is an above average pitch. Changeup looks like it's at least average. Fastball is not very good, but it did <laughs> add velocity in the minors. I mean, I think if you have three average or better secondary pitches, you can get by with a below average fastball because you can just throw it less. So the question is, how well does he command everything? And do we actually get some strikeouts in the long run? Or is he just more of a all floor, limited ceiling sort of player? I, I started to think he was more of like a mid-rotation guy because of the velocity and strikeout rate increase that we saw in the minors this season. Yeah, I, 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 he was picked 12th pick in the draft. I think it's probably 11th, whatever, by the Angels. Um, not this year, but the year before, he's already up. I think before the season, I was thinking of him as like a Marco Gonzalez type, and then he just has been ripping through the minor leagues. I mean... And his velocity got up to like 96, I was seeing. and yep. But but we're not seeing that in the majors yet. Is that right? Is he keeping it down a little bit? Yeah, I got to look at the, the overall chart here to see where he's been. But it, that was that was always the question. Right. And it kind of goes back to what Nanda was saying. Like, well, 2020 was kind of weird. So if guys were really fresh coming into 2021 and they felt good in the first half and they're throwing harder than ever, do they sustain velocity it looks like he's averaged in the big league so far 92.8 on his yeah, four see, seamer, which is little, uh, you know if he, if he touches 95 or 96 occasionally okay but he, if he's going to sit more 91 92 93 it's fine it's just a matter of really doing a lot of of good swing and miss wise with the curveball and the slider especially yeah, he needs to do that but I, I i like reed detmers if you had a chance to i tried to buy him two weeks ago in a dynasty league when he had, or a week ago after he had his two bad first starts and the owner was too smart. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to hold Detmers. I think that he, there's upside there. I was like, yeah, that's too bad. Cause I do, I, I do like Reed Detmers and I think he'll be in the rotation next year and I can see him being a top 60 pitcher next year. I really can. I think he's good. Oh, so how about Brandon Marshall was going to say, <sighs> cause I feel like they're in the same boat. I feel like they both came up a lot of hype. You know, Detmers, Detmers hype like started like two days before he, got, he had like a Jaron Duran kind of hype. You know what I mean? Like, where did this guy come from? Let's just grab him and spend all our money on him. Whereas Marsh, I think people have been waiting on him for a little while, and he got called up, and, you know, everyone's still waiting on Adele and wondering where Marsh was going to play. But um, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like, and this goes into the bigger point, like, who's your rookie of the year in each league? Because this has been a very disappointing year for rookies. Who are the options? Of... Who are the options? Does well, so I, I went to MLB.com. Okay. And I sorted by hits. Right, like just to just to get a feel for, because you know you do average, you do qualified, it messes up and kills the field for you. Uh, Randy Rosarena is apparently a rookie according to MLB.com still. Yeah, that that that's probably the guy then. I, I but I mean, Adolis Garcia. Man, he's been struggling. Adolis, I mean, I haven't done that in months. Faded so hard. I wish for his sake he needs a big September to kind of put his name back into the the mix. Yeah, yeah. I remember when Steve Gardner and I, Steve like made us pick up at Elise in May with a 13th pick in the, in the monthly XFL draft. And I was like, and right. I mean, I have him in, in another league and, and then he just went nuts, right? He just went nuts, but he's really struggled. I mean, that that's the league getting a book on him and he's got to respond to the book. So I think a Rosarena in the American league, if I had to choose between Rosarena and a Delise, I would go Rosarena right now. Well, here, here are the hit leaders, a Rosarena, Dylan Carlson, Jonathan India, Paven Smith, Jonathan uh, India, Jonathan India. All right. In the national. Uh, maybe someone else will come through. Sorry. I don't know. Let's find out. Adelise Garcia, Ryan Mountcastle, Andrew Vaughn, Akil Badu, Jazz Chisholm, uh, Tyler Stevenson, Bobby Dahlbeck, and at number 12, Yerman Mercedes. 
And then Key Brian, Key Brian Hayes is in there. <laughs> no. Dude, 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 uh, I miss somebody. Nah. No, there was... There was Young Kim? No. No. Pitchers, man. You got to look at the pitchers. Go Trevor the, Rogers. Pitchers. Trevor Rogers, maybe. Trevor Rogers versus Jonathan that's India good, for yeah. the NL Rookie of the Year the Award. It, dead even in war right now. Sorry, man. I don't... Oh, wait. Oh, oh sorry. My bad. No, the, sorry. My bad. Go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, I, I just... I'm looking at the those two guys. And yeah, it's between those guys. I'm not sure how you decide. I think, I think you two. go India just because... Rogers is still is injured again right now, and so he's not going to collect more war probably. And India just the last couple of days has been going nutso, nutso, nutso. And again, injuries again because you could argue Mountcastle before the injury because he got hot, man. He was hitting some, he yeah. was doing some stuff. He was getting. I was wrong about him. I, I wanted people to let him go in redraft leagues, and you said on the show, "Don't do it," and he turns it around. So bad call, me. Good call, Ian. Oh well, I got that one. I'm sorry, I got wrong on Hunter Dozier. And apparently uh, I'm no, Willie no, no, Adams. Hey, Hunter Dozier's killing it at the end here, man. You might not be wrong. <laughs> I might not be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Here, uh, on the AL side, though, would you guys consider one of the two pitchers at the top of the war leaderboard, Luis Garcia or Cole Irvin, over a Rosarena? No. Not Irvin. Maybe like, Luis Garcia. Irvin doesn't strike guys out, but he's he's been yeah. good just in the sense of piling up a lot of innings and, and getting a good result. But Luis Garcia, Luis Garcia. 330 ERA, a little better than, than Irvin. K rate's a lot higher. I mean, great development story for the Astros. Yes, very. I, I think I could, I could, see, I could see him. Like, if I had a vote, if I were voting on this award, I think I would go Garcia 1, Rosarena 2, Garcia 3, wait, wait. I think. Garcia, Garcia, Luis and Adelise. I, I think oh, I would go Luis Garcia over a Rosarena, and then a Rosarena just slightly ahead of Adelise Garcia. Mm, that's really that's the really top tough. Three, in the top three in the AL. I, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna go a Rosarena Garcia Garcia, and Luis number two. But I'm gonna go a Rosarena one. He's really he's done his he's done his job. He he you know there there was a there was a tough time there in May for for a Rosarena, but the last month he's really been great. You know who else has been great on that team? Not to take us away from the Rookie of the Year conversation. No, no, no. Take really us away. Take us away. I mean, it's, it's a real-life baseball question that kind of translates into fantasy. Go. Brandon Lau has been awesome lately for the last, like, six weeks. Like, really ridiculous. Home run. Yeah, he's been I mean, on, on fire. fire. That's on fire. This guy has been nuts over the course of the last month, right? I mean, what is? how many home runs does he have just in the last month? He can win... Well, we're in August. Yeah, he could win Player of the Month of August for sure. Let me just. Yeah, I'm looking at the totals. He's got uh, actually a little more, a little more balance than I expected. He's just been hitting them consistently. Seven in June, six in July, six in August already in just 14 games. So probably going to have his best month. Yeah, and then it's second half so far, hitting 301. With how many home runs? Power was there in the first half. Seven homers in the in the second half only. Oh boy, oh boy. I mean, and that's just in the month, though. I mean, that, that's only been a month since. But boy, I mean, he's really been he's been carrying those Rays. How how are the Rays this good? I, I say it's because of their manager. Because, the, I mean, their talent isn't that good. Their starting rotation isn't that good. Their bullpen has been decimated. How are they in first place in the American League East? I don't know. How are the Giants in first place in the... Uh... How do they have the best record in baseball? I don't know, but that Chris Bryant trade is working out pretty well for them. Two dingers for him last night was was pretty fancy. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, we don't have we don't have a lot of time. We don't have yeah, a lot of time. Yeah, the same thing. I'm like, wow, well, we're running out of time, right? Yeah, how about that? Let's get to the Ian part of the show. Go ahead, man. Uh, Bradley Zimmer, everybody. Bradley Zimmer, if he's available on your waiver wire, and he could be in redraft, in not well, redraft two, redraft as well. But in keeper leagues and dynasty leagues, he's starting to Bradley Zimmer it. Hello. DJ Peters. I've been talking about DJ Peters for a long period of time now. Big power hitter from D- the Dodgers. This is why this is why fantasy baseball is super fun during August. He gets picked up. He gets put on waivers when the big trade happens. I think it was the trade Turner Max Scherzer trade happens. They needed to make space. He's put on waivers. Rangers pick him up, put him right into the right into the uh lineup for, you know. Boom, Colton, Glenn Colton and Rick Wolf pick him up in AL Labor. Make me sad. You should, and, do you have any sound effects you can think of for Rick Wolf? Uh, he's just the boss. How about that? All right. The boss. Rick Wolf, the boss. I was just trying to bait you into doing a howl, but that's fine. 
Yeah, I just figured yeah, you'd do it. Too, oh, yeah. He picked his own <laughs> sound a long time ago. <laughs> oh, shoot. So DJ Peters is somebody that, that I was really uh, kind of high on when he was in the Dodgers system. A lot of swing and miss to his game, but also a lot of power, like big time power. And if you're holding, if you've got dynasty room space, he's just a really good stash because you got a lot of at bats coming up where he's going to, you're going to be able to see what he's worth and you'll get time between now and the end of the season. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, Lewis Brinson. Okay. So your boy, Lewis Brinson, your man, your guy is gotten so good that Rob Mershak and I are sitting Mark Kenha, Charlie Blackman and Jamer Candelario to start Lewis Brinson this week, which is no joke, right? And so it was like, I had this thought, is now the time to trade Lewis Brinson? The answer to that is no. Do not trade Lewis Brinson right now. I'll tell you why. Because over the, over the offseason, his value is going to go up a lot. And then you can trade him. But don't trade him now. Because you'll, you're, you're trading like the hot hand now. And what I would suggest is... That when people look into his season, they're going to go, oh, wow, he might really be good. And then he becomes a major piece. Right now, he's a part of a deal. In the offseason to a rebuilding team, he's a central piece that you could get a really good pitcher for. You think he'll be, I mean, he'll be 28. You know what I mean? Like it's Yeah, but still. Young. I know, but there's still. The only thing I don't understand is. Why isn't he stealing? Yeah. Why isn't yeah. he stealing? DBR, did he run in the Brewer system years ago? I mean, not a lot. Not a lot. But like. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, not, not a lot though. Twenty, twenty is a lot. I mean, twenty is more than zero. But it was, it was eleven for sixteen at AAA with the Brewers, but it was only a partial season. So yeah, he ran. He ran more than I remembered in part because of that season being. And he was an up and down guy for them in twenty seventeen. Right. And man, it was just brutal. Just but see, there's an example. There's an example. So I would I would argue DVR that probably you could never buy full. You're not buying fully in on Lewis Brinson because you watched him suffer so much and you suffered his suffering. Do you believe it at all? I don't know. I, th- I think I had him stashed away in a few deep leagues each of the last couple seasons prior to this one, just because I I thought the tools were going to come together. I thought there were enough reasons to believe that the playing time would be there because he grades out as at least an average defender. Right, does so many things well, and the only question was hit tools. I thought, well, if he's going to play a lot, the average will be low, but everything else is going to be there, and he'll be fine. So I, I, I didn't have, I don't, I don't think I had sky high expectations for him anymore. But I also thought they had a pretty good reason to see if he could at least be a bottom third of the order, like regular for them. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I say now instead of trading him now in dynasty leagues, wait till the off season because then when the top when the rankings start coming out and you see that Lewis Brinson's a top 60 outfielder going into next season, which he could be, eh, top 70, you can get something for him. You think this, I mean, like I, like I, I should, like I should be recusing myself from this conversation because I'm so in love with the man. But, uh, I, like I, I didn't, I thought people would look at his numbers and be like, well, he didn't steal. He's kind of old, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. And just be like, you know, like right now people are frothing and they love him. But, uh, you know, in the off season, maybe with some time to reflect. I was thinking the opposite. They'd look at it and be like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but, do but like, he's like going to be. Better. He's going to. He's going to be in. He's going to be the starting center fielder for the Marlins going in twenty twenty two, right? Unless I mean, he could also. You know, it's like it's like playing the stock market. It could fall off a cliff right now, and you guys could be like, should have traded Brinson when you had the chance, and you you'd be right. But the, there's more upside if he can build on this at all over the course of the next six weeks. And he's going to get every opportunity. He's batting third for that team now. So it's it's pretty exciting. It's pretty it's pretty fun to see. It, it, it is one of the most most fun parts is watching a guy that you've been following for so long finally turn it on, you know? And and maybe that's what Brinson's going to bring to the table. Hmm. There, there's a there's a, a, a cart going by here in Fire Island. Beautiful. Beautiful. Like a, I don't hear. I don't hear it. Selling no. something like no, fresh no, fruit. I don't think so. No, fresh fruit. Uh, Drew Steckenrider. It looks like I, I think Drew. Then the dog here, buddy, hears him. Drew Steckenrider is, I think, the closer. Can we get? We gonna need your push-ups alert just for the try. The Ian trifecta. <laughs> no, I, that was earlier. No, I got a phone call. I got a phone call about the TV show. Drew Steckenrider. Oh, a TV show. The TV show that we don't talk about on the show, but that you and I talk. We've talked about off the show. You actually Drew, brought it up a few episodes ago, so I think it's. Uh, did I? Oh, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, don't don't bring it up now, just in case I'm wrong. 
Yeah, okay. Drew Steckenrider. <laughs> <laughs> DVR knows what I'm talking about. I'm pretty sure Drew Steckenrider is spelled right on... I think I spelled his name right on the on the rundown. Um, I think he's the closer in Seattle because they never bring Diego Castillo in in the ninth, which doesn't help with AL labor. But Drew Steckenrider is available. I know this because I just keep picking him up everywhere. And I'm like, nobody's seeing that Drew Steckenrider is the closer and doing really well. So Drew Steckenrider, if he's sitting out there and you need saves, go get Drew Steckenrider, folks. I think Seawald was on the paternity list for a few days, though, so that may have been. Do you been think Seawald might get it? Part of what opened that door. I think Seawald's at least still part of the mix. Yeah, I, all I know is that Castillo keeps coming in in the eighth, and I keep going. Why are you doing that? And then watching Liam, the other thing we didn't talk about, we haven't been together since the. What did you guys think of the Iowa game? Did you watch it? I watched every minute. Did you watch the game? I saw the walk off at the oh, end. You I the saw game. some of the beginning too. I I was out and about doing some things, trying to settle into my new place. But the the overall effort that went in and the the final result, of course, the game itself was amazing. They executed it really they well, did. and they're running it back. They're doing it again With next the Cubs year, right? And the Cubs, Reds. Reds, I think. Yeah, Cubs and the Reds, I believe. Um, Kevin Costner, it was a bit much. Did you, Dondo? Did you watch? Did you watch uh, it? No, man. I'm I'm totally. I did buy the Tops Now card. Okay, I, I should have bought Of all them coming out of the cornfield, is really That's cool. cool. Oh, I yeah. want that. Did you buy yeah. one or did you buy 10? Did you buy I 10? Got one, well, no, I got one. You can get them. They're on eBay. They're still kind of cheap on eBay, I believe. All right, I might get one. Um, but the uh, Kevin Costner kind of coming out and like, hello, everyone. Baseball is a game. And it was just like bad actor. He's not a bad actor. He's a pretty good actor, but it was like self-important <laughs> actor. No, no, no. He was self-important <laughs> actor walking around the field, staring into, you know, into the cornfield. It went on about 30 seconds too long. If I was right, it was one of those situations where the actor was like, this is what I'm going to do. And Derek's like, you know, you might want to tighten that up. He's like, I, sure, I'll tighten it up. And then he gets out there. He's like, I'm going to do it the way I want. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Um, but the game was brilliant, man. Watching a home run go over the fence into corn stalks. It was really awesome. Like, it was beautiful to watch. What a beautiful... It was a beautiful game. And then Liam Hendricks... You can get the card for nine ninety nine on Tops. Or okay. on, eBay, on eBay right now. I'm glad you were listening. Um, But the... the I was, of course, I was waiting for you to stop so I could come in and tell you this. <laughs> but it was, a, it was an amazing game. And watching Liam Hendricks blow up and then blow up again two days later and then come back last night and strike out the side, that's baseball, man. That's baseball. Keep going. You got some more stuff on here. Uh, D- DVR, any thoughts on any of it? We have like a minute. We no, have a minute I think or two. I'm on board. I, I like the idea, and I hope they find ways to execute other baseball movies in real life. I hope they can build some kind of Sandlot style field. Yeah, that's what safe Sporer wants. You can't, you can't make it totally trash, but you could make the you could make the fence and the outfield wall and everything look like that, and, and kind of like rough up the look of it. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, this was this was fun. It was fun, and the players. I mean, it's just it felt like a playoff game. It was also two really great teams. The Yankees are playing great baseball right now. They're super fun to watch. The White Sox are just. I think I love the White Sox because of OOTP. You know, because I've I coach I met general manage own them in OOTP in our OOTP league. I just love that team. Tim Anderson is really one of my favorite players to watch. It's just a really, really. It was it was it was a great night for baseball. It was super fun. I, I watched it with my wife and my kids, and it was just a special, special game. And that's it. Uh, the, the only other thing I would say is that I was watching Tyler Gilbert throw his no-hitter, and I said to my wife, I was like, we got to watch this. She was like, why? I was like, because this guy's his first start. <laughs> it is Tyler Anderson's very first start in the major leagues. Tyler Gilbert. And he throws a no-hitter. Yeah, he went Bobo Holloman on everybody. Bobo Holloman, right? <laughs> But I watched him pitch, and I was like, do I want to pick him up? I was like, no, I don't want to pick him up. He doesn't look that good. He, he just, it, it just, it, he looked like He looked like Madison Bumgarner, the bad Bumgarner. Also, last thing I'll say, Madison Bumgarner, <laughs> Madison Bumgarner, if you're competing right now, go get him. He is pitching. He is throwing. He is, he is doing it. Big fan of what he's doing right now. Take a look. Take a look at what Bumgarner's doing. You probably can get him for cheap. You can get him for that third round pick. That Joey Votto kind of third round that pick. Was a, that's still, I think that's going to gnaw at you while you sleep. Nah, I, I'm happy for Island. Ari. I'm, I'm happy for Ari. I really am. And, and it's good for the league. How can you be if someone happy else for the wins. guy trying to beat you? 
I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this? are you throwing this for the long no, term? This seems like not. very. This is an Ian Con thing to do. This is one hundred percent an Ian thing to do. No, this, I'm not. This throwing. is Ariel. Ariel's in your head. No, Ariel Cohen would say yeah. that this is really crazy. And I don't know what you're doing. You got to win by. No, he doesn't say win by as many as you can. He's like win by one. No, no, I'm happy for Ari. I, I really am, and I think it's great. He's been struggling around the mid pack, fourth, fourth place, fifth place for the last seven years, and trying to figure out a way. And he's changed. He changed his style, right? Like he he went. This isn't working for me. Ari was always a guy that you could take. I could take advantage of because he always wanted to compete that year. And then he finally caught on. He was like, yeah, I'm not going to trade. Like, I think I, I got Wander. No, I don't remember. I got like a, a Bo Bichette. I got Bo Bichette and someone else for, I don't remember, but it, it was it ended up being a really bad trade for him. And he was like, I can't make those trades anymore. It was when Bo Bichette was in the minor leagues. It's like, I can't, I just can't keep finding these great prospects and then moving them for pieces that I'm going to have to then move because they're getting too old. And so he sort of figured it out and he's playing at a higher level and it's fun to watch and it's making the league stronger. So I'm, I'm all for it. And yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. All right. Uh, yeah. We got to go. We got to, well, actually we got to go to Brittany Palmer. Right. Um, I yeah. am not on the Brittany Palmer. I, so this is goodbye for me for today. We're going to miss you. Can we do the out? Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. the man. Who was actually is quietly steaming over this Joey Botto for a third round pick, Derek Van Riper. I'm so mad about it. For the man who's just going to keep sending us Ariel Cohen imitations until we play them at the end of the show, Ian Kai. That's true, because the reality is that it's really one of the best impressions that you've ever going to hear. With The conversation I had with Washington last week was second to none. Second to none, really. I'm not an Athena. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you later. Good talk. Good talk. Bye. And welcome back, everybody. Um, we got a very special guest, Brittany Palmer's here. Uh, you might know her from a billion different things. I actually know her from the awesome Jim Palmer card she did as part of Project 70. Um, Brittany, thanks for, for doing this. This is really cool. Thank you for having me. Uh, so, I, like, I, I don't know. Like, I didn't want to make this kind of like a boring what inspires you kind of interview. But, like, I, I, I've been buying a bunch of Topps Project 70 cards. Yours have been kind of funky because so I went to your website and saw like the style of paintings that you usually do. And they're just, they're just like very colorful and it's like the Babe Ruth card. Um, but then you go through your catalog of the project 70 cards and you got like the Jim Palmer Pac-Man one. And you, like, they're just, they're all a bunch of different kind of like funky styles. Um, I was just kind of wondering if I could just get into that really quickly. Like what, like, are you trying to approach every card? I don't know. Some are thematically the same. Like I think like Frank Thomas and A-Rod look kind of, you know, they have the kind of, same style. I think the Vlad Jr. has kind of like that same kind of face, but mm-hmm. are you trying to approach each one like it's its own kind of like, I don't know, episode? Like, you know, Pardee has the monster stuff. Like yours is just like, it's all over the place. It's all really cool. Yeah, you know, I, that's such a great question. And I've kind of been waiting for someone to ask that because, you know, I do have a, a specific style that I've created in my art career. And I'm so grateful for that, which is the Babe Ruth and, you know, that classic portraiture Shohei Otani card that I had done. Um, even with the Mickey Mantle. So I wanted to incorporate that, but also just bring in a new flair. And when Topps kind of gave us just the, you know, the freedom to do whatever we wanted, I was just like, you know what? There's so often that I'm creating for a show. I'm doing commission work. Um, I'm working with, you know, big brands and they all kind of want that classic Britney portraiture style. But now when Topps gave me this platform, to really go all in and like just and let my mind be as creative as I want without any judgment, without any like, oh, she's not going for her style because now I'm I'm able to really have fun with this project. And each card really is its own pattern, thought process, creative idea. Like I want them to I want them to still feel authentic to me, but I also don't because I don't think that artists need to just fit in one box. You know, I think that we can do, and most artists that I know, I mean, 99.9% of them, we all are creative in so many ways, whether it's, you know, digitally creative, musically creative, like all of just how we are. So I wanted each card to represent each kind of part of creativity that I think that I can bring to any table, not necessarily just tops. Yeah, I think the designs you've put together so far span several different decades, too, which is really cool. And it, it seems like it'd be really difficult to hone in on the players that you want to feature because you can choose anyone. You don't have to choose current players. So what yeah. process are you using to decide on the players that you're actually going to make cards for? So as far as the players that I've chosen, um, it, it's been really fun because I've been able to communicate with 
friends, family. Um, you know, Gregory Siff is my partner. We've been together for a long time. Uh, he's my boyfriend. So uh, he was well, the, I didn't know the that. last. I saw the video. Yeah. I thought you were just collaborating at the player's house, you know, like having no. some fun with you know <laughs> another artist. We've been together five years. No, we've been ah, together a while. That's awesome. Oh, man, it's going to be so, amazing. Yeah. So it's, it's great because we also share an art studio so we can kind of riff off each other. But, um, you know, I've been able to pull a lot of inspiration from him. Um, but I've also been able to ask my audience, which has been really, really fun to kind of let them be involved, um, you know, because their first project, uh, Project 20, uh, they had their set list. And then now we get to kind of choose them. So um, it's been really fun for me to expand my, you know, repertoire of sports because usually it's UFC. I know everything about UFC. I know the fighters. I know all the things. But now I'm in a whole new world and it's so exciting and it's just so great. Like I got to go to the Home Run Derby, which was my first one ever. And it was just like with Pete Alonso and Gregory did his bat and then just like Shohei was in it. And my car dropped, like just being involved and seeing how incredibly talented these athletes are and the stories behind them. I mean, when I did Jackie Robinson, that was such a special card because I based that off of the movie, do the right thing, which in the beginning of do the right thing, you know, Mookie has Jackie Robinson's Jersey on as the, like, that's the opening credits. And I really wanted to accentuate that because it, it held so much truth to where we are now, uh, where we were then um, the similarities of the times that haven't changed and like, we're still focusing on. So it's, uh, it's really been incredible to learn about these it, just incredible players. I mean, even Jim Palmer, I didn't really know much about Jim Palmer, but we do share the same last name. And, um, you know, my father, my father had passed away on the 22nd, which is his number 22. So that's why I chose Pac-Man. And cause I did it based on, I did an 87 card, which is the year I was born. 22 being my father's number. So I accentuated the number, the the name. And then Pac-Man was just a theme back in the 80s that I feel that would resonate so much. And it was a favorite game that we used to play. <laughs> it's, it's a very cool looking card. I didn't know Thank it had you. so much meaning behind it. Like, I, you know, oh, like yeah. I, I, we, we talked to Alex Pardee about this and he's like, you know, there's a story behind all my cards. Yeah. They're just not, you know, they're just not on the cards or on the website. You actually kind of go out and actively kind of try and find it. So yeah, it's, it's kind of neat. Yeah. Hearing, I have like, a story on each card. Yeah, exactly. Um, you actually, now I got two follow-ups. I'll ask the one that just hit me is that you said you went to the all-star game, met a bunch of players, the home run derby. Has that like been like, all right, well, I think, I think you're going to get a card now. Like you weren't in the plan, but I think now it's like Pete Alonso is going to get a card or something like that. Well, actually, yes. I I mean, I definitely, (laughs) Pete Alonso specifically, um, you know, I I think that just, it's just so special. And when uh, Pete's going to be in town, um, he's him and his wife are around California right now. And they want to have dinner. And I'm like, well, maybe I should do a Pete Alonzo card, but then I already have my cards chosen. So I have to almost like cut people. And I'm all like, Hmm, who can I, who can I swap <laughs> out? But, um, but even like Vlad Guerrero. So Vlad, I wasn't, he wasn't originally on my roster. Um, but because they, I came out with tops in the all-star game and MLB, um, they wanted me to paint people who were playing, you know, players that were playing in the, the game. So, I chose Vlad Guerrero to paint and then I created a card for him. So that kind of happened because of the all-star game. If not, I probably wouldn't have um, chosen it. And it's actually perfect. It did because he just did so well and it was already going to be a card. So it worked. Yeah. I think for me, the coolest thing about this project is that it brings people in who might not have been into baseball previously. And I think the game just needs to find different ways to reach out to new fans and uh, I'm I'm also curious as you've become more immersed in this season, like the home run derby, as Nando was mentioning before. Like, who has really caught your eye? Like, what players have you seen this year and go, "Holy cow! Like, this guy's actually amazing." I didn't really realize that this player was was doing these amazing things. Like, who's really just stood out to you this year? Um, I mean, I've touched on both of their names already. Shohei Otani has just been, and what's even cooler about Shohei is I know his agent. His agent is a friend of mine uh, who I was working with a long time ago, um, eight years ago, maybe a while. And he contacted me after my Mookie Betts card dropped. And he said, hey, someone sent me this. I didn't realize you were working on the Tops Project. I'm like, I am. He goes, well, you know who my my athlete, my player is, is Shohei. And this was right at the beginning before the season really even started. So like, you should paint Shohei. You should paint Shohei. If you do. Like maybe I can get a print out of it and give it to him. And just like to have that 
um, connection with the player and ha- maybe have them sign them is so special. So um, I decided Shohei before, and then, you know, he just comes out guns a blazing. And like, I already had this deal with, you know, him and his, and his uh, agent. So that was cool. And another was, I mean, Pete Alonso to see what he did at the home run derby. Like I, that was my first one. So we were with DJ Ski, and then it was Gregory and I. And DJ uh, and Ski had been to many um, home run derbies before, and he was even like, he's like, "This is like the best home run derby I've ever seen." Because I thought that they were all like that. I thought they was just hitting him out of the park. He goes, "No, no, 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 no!" Like what Pete did was something. All every player, I mean, they were. It was so incredible. And Pete Alonso's agent or manager uh, got us the seats, and so we were right where the balls were coming at us like it was just it was like he was almost throwing him at Gregory it was so cool that's pretty awesome <laughs> um yeah I, I, I want to ask you just going back to you, you talked about doing digital versus actually a painting on a physical like I like I guess the video you're doing with Gregory you're painting like on a, on a mm-hmm. canvas um mm-hmm. do you prefer like I mean for baseball cards because I know I watched some project 2020 stuff when they were going last year and they'd have these videos of um man I can't remember who it was maybe like Jacob Rochester one of the other artists who was like just painting on a canvas and i'm like yeah i can see like it's almost like willy wonka like where you make this huge thing and then when you shrink it down you're able to get such detail in there um but i guess digital is almost the same way because you can blow it up and kind of hit little details and then blow it back down is there one way or another i mean it seems like you have these stories and these details like do you prefer yeah um you know it's that's also a great question. I am so grateful that i have um i have an incredible digital guy his name is damon kidwell he is my just we he sees what I'm seeing in my mind and so just as someone who always has random ideas like he's able to be like okay so this is where we're going so I do 90% of it um even the stuff that looks digital I hand paint it and then scan it in and he cleans it up so um for instance uh Jim Palmer that was all hand painted and then he brought it in and digitally cleaned it up so yeah, so it kind of just depends. Um, I do love the hand painting aspect of it as an artist, as that's the kind of artist I am. And I'm not very good at digital, but I have someone who can read my mind enough to where we can like combine both worlds, you know? Is he like, he's like digital kind of like, not airbrushing, but I mean like, because like that Pac-Man card looked like it was done all day. I didn't realize he painted that. Like he just, he touches it up kind of like makes it look. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what we, as far as like the pack, the background of the Pac-Man that was digital, that was pulled from an image that we had to use, but him himself was uh, all painted on a canvas, whether it was just a line drawing or not, but then he has to go and like fix my painting marks. Cause you know, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm an impatient painter. So I just kind of <laughs> get done with, get done with it. As you've seen the releases from the other artists on the project, are there any cards that you've seen and go, holy cow, that was amazing. I wish I'd thought of that. Like, do you have a favorite that you didn't create? So many, (laughs) so many. Um, Alex Pardee, uh, his just is, his mind is just so freaking imaginative. And um, I I mean, there's, who, who dropped that card uh, where it was like men in black when he opened his head? And he had the little the player inside of it. It was Babe Ruth. It was the Babe Ruth card. Ooh. Oh, I remember oh the card. Gosh. Yeah, I don't remember the artist, but I do remember that one coming out. That was that one was so cool, and I just love that. You know, like I did that for the um, do the right thing. So I, I really like the integration of the movie. Oh my gosh, Don C. I gotta guess Don C. I don't know if that's true. You think <laughs> his stuff's been kind of funky like that? I know. Anyway, I love Alex Pardee's work. Um, I think like Mikel B has been great. I mean, they're all just so good. And like you you just see them and they kind of like come out at you and you're like, oh shit, where that, you know, because there's 50 artists on this project. It's a lot. So you kind of get like lost in the shuffle and then you get circled back and you just see these like beautiful ones. Yeah, I can't even find out who did it. Oh, I feel so bad because I was trying to give them so many props. It was Ermsy. It was Ermsy? Ermsy, yes. Ermsy's been pulling some cool ones out. I got Thank it right here. That. <laughs> Thank you yeah, so no much. Yeah, no problem. I just Googled Men in Black, Babe Ruth, Project 70. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I, um, I got the Ermsy. I got the Ermsy Mike Trout where he's got Adam Bomb in the middle blowing up Mike Trout. Yes. Which is awesome. That was like, you know. Yeah, Ermsy's been super creative, super cool. Um, uh, I just totally lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. I'm done. No, you're fine. <laughs> 
Uh, have you found like, I mean, I know you got a huge social following and everything and it's, I mean, I assume a lot of it's UFC, um, you know, your, your big background. Have you found like, I guess like Derek kind of brought it up a second ago, like that people are kind of appreciating it, like crossing over and, you know, like, I guess I didn't realize I liked baseball cards. Or I guess I didn't realize like, you know, you, it's not just like tops grabbed you because you got 3 million followers. It's, you're really good at this. Like, this is pretty amazing stuff. Thank you. You know what? It's, it's, it's not only that they're gravitating and moving into just like this whole different genre, but they're actually, if you can believe it or not, I've been with UFC for 13 years. I've been an artist for 10 over maybe 12 years. Oh, maybe longer shit. But like, cause I moved to LA to go to art school, but people because of the tops project are now getting, I'm an artist. So it doesn't matter how long I've been pushing this and how many times in articles and magazines and everything that I've done and live paintings, I've even painted for UFC. I painted a painting for Conor McGregor and Conor McGregor posted that painting and people still won't get it. They're like, nah, but now because of, you know, tops and every two weeks I'm coming out with something. They're like, wait, what's she doing? I, I didn't, I didn't realize. And I'm like this whole time you guys. Right. So it's, it's cool to be acknowledged. Um, it's something that I have been so passionate about for so long. And, um, it's, it's really, it's such a fun project. What's next. What's the card you're most looking forward to that hasn't come out yet that you've been working on? Um, okay. So my next drop is Derek Jeter, um, which will be a really cool card. I, I, I actually painted his portrait, uh, at the Fox, um, MLB players house at the all-star game. So that'll be the next drop. Um, and then, you know, it, I was caught up and then they just, I got caught down. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me see who, who I have next. I was like really, really close. And then they, they had to drop one of my cards. Okay. Then I have Nolan Ryan, Ken Griffey Jr. And Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. Nice. 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 Yeah. All right. People yeah. are doing some fun stuff with the Bo Jackson ones, I think. Because the two sports and everything, I know. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. I'm excited. I have. I have a really, really. I have two great concepts. I don't know who I want. Well, I think I know who I want to use them on what players. But that's the thing. It's like I have this. Like I have like these like great ideas. I'm like this is going to be such a cool card. But who? What player is going to get it? Like who's going to get the idea? And and it's kind of um you know falling into. You know, I, I have the concept for Nolan Ryan, and then my next is Ken Griffey and Bo Jackson. So maybe I'll give them one of my ideas. All right, like collecting, like you know, oh, one's gonna go right here to E, like those old school quizzes, like you know, two yes. up here. To, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Nice. nice. Well, um, look, I, like I'm, we, you know, obviously put a request in to talk to you because I've just liked your stuff a lot, and I think it's just thank I don't you know, so much. You just got it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's just like it's everyone is different, and everyone's kind of like yep. a surprise when it drops, and it's kind of like oh, different styles. This is really neat. So, well, we want I really want people to think that the cards are like I mean, I even when I was working at the tops booth. Uh, they had all these like little easels for your card. And I like, I didn't steal it. I asked for a whole box of them, <laughs> but, but they're so cool. You can like put them on little easels. And I, I want, and that's how I wanted the paintings and the cards to look like, that's why Babe Ruth looks the way it looks. Cause I wanted it to look like a little painting that you would be happy to have it up. So um, yeah, it I'm works. glad you like them. I'm, I'm, I'm not just saying it. Cause you're they're like, really, it's just, I don't know. And even the stuff on your website is not even, is just very, it's just very like colorful and pretty. And like, I don't know, like it just, you know, sometimes you look at something and you're like, I can see how you could paint that. And that's just, I don't know where you put the colors and everything and where they kind of yep. get a little deeper and everything. It's just, I don't know. I just like them. They're thank great. you so, so much. No, thank you. Um, we'll let you go. I'm sure you've got better things to do than talk baseball cards. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't, but thank you. All right. Well then anyway, uh, <laughs> no, but thanks so much for coming on. It's really much appreciated. And like, I don't know, keep up the good work. We're going to be, watching and Thank buying you. and everything and too. anytime anytime you guys want to chat about any card if you're like this card is so weird we got a caller i'm so down and i'm sure gregory sif would love to talk to you guys too and uh yeah make it work we'll cue him up awesome you guys yeah. hang out in the background yeah if you like the easter egg in the background <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> well thank, thank you so much Brady. thanks for doing this is really much thank appreciated. you so much i appreciate it